Today's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Bombas Premium Socks. Talking Simpsons listeners can go to getbombas.com slash lasertime and get 20% off your first order. Ahoy hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we're as smart as we are handsome. Uh, take that as you will. This is the Later Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. I am your host, Big Shirtless Bob. Uh, who else is here today with me? <laughs> Look who's oinking, Henry Gilbert. <laughs> That's good. And who else do we have? Yahoo, it's Chris Antis. I'm that sorry. Works. I'm sorry. Chris Antis, everybody. Hi! Are you part of the recovering alcoholic jug band? <laughs> <laughs> he drinks as he takes a sip? No. <laughs> good so, old Yahoo. So today's episode... Episode is Colonel Homer, and it aired on March 26, 1992. Chris, what happened on this mythical day in Simpsons history? <gasps> Holy fucking oh shit, Bobby. Uh, Peter Griffin's here. Stone Phillips makes his debut as an NBC anchor. Basic Instinct pulls in quite a spread at the box office. Uh, later parodied on The Simpsons. Bananas are $1 a pound, uh, and most importantly for our purposes, Garth Brooks' Rope in the Wind, which was the first country album to ever debut at number one, goes on to sell... 14 million copies, which, wow. as I exit my uh, cheesy newscaster voice, <laughs> should should show you why this was a topic of an episode, a believable one. Yeah, though I don't think they planned it around a resurgence in country. It just kind of Gar- This is Garth Brooks' third album. And there, yeah. we were in, in, I had a year or two period of liking country while trying to fit in and pretend to like sports. Uh, so I, I remember very specifically this period. Country no, I mean, was huge. And the only, the only real thing I have to know, like, to tell me that I was there and I was right is the episode of Pinky and the Brain oh, where he poses as Bubba Bo Bob Brain right. because that is the new big thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I think what It's Garth, why we have Miley Cyrus because of Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. What, what Garth Brooks did, I think, was make country into something much poppier mm-hmm. where country songs used to be like, oh, my, my truck went off the cliff. My, my dog now. died. My Fucking wife terrible. left me. Yes. Like, like shitty, sad, like... Like pretty much bad rap sung horribly over an acoustic guitar. I, I think I'm drinking at the keg and fucking shit up. I swear, yeah. that when I hear country, America that's what they talk about. Now. And every, I love this guy. Every country song is an anthem about being a dirtbag. Like <laughs> we're going to have some fun and drink bad beer. I, yeah, I, and it, this girl loves my overall. And I love it. I love an old hick like with bad posture perched over an acoustic guitar, like warbling a bunch of crap. Yeah. But when this is overproduced yeah. and you're like you're name checking brands in your song, like yeah, I no, know that. I mean, that's what Garth brought in, too, of, like, the character cowboy. Like, that's... I liked of old country. What I like about old country music is that, you know, Merle Haggard or 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 Willie Nelson, all those types, like, they lived a life. Like, yeah. they, were, they were ugly men. These broken down <laughs> Haggard men singing about their real problems. There's an expression yeah. of pain and desperation, not just, everybody boots, scoot, and boogie. Woohoo! It's either that or my little girl's growing up and I'm kind of attracted to her. <laughs> well, and also, the, I mean, she she's known for her looks, too, but Dolly Parton had a lot of that tragedy and like sadness yeah. in her life too. God, I'm going to see music. her, soon, and we apparently. love her. And I, I love Dolly Parton so much. I love her so much. One of my favorite things she did recently. Well, when I say recently, I mean ten years ago. Yeah. She did an original song for Trans America, which like was oh, wow. such an. An ahead of its time, ahead of the curve thing about about trans people in America. She wrote a, an original song for it that was she successfully in the song compares someone transitioning into the gender expression they believe in. She 
connects that to Jesus dying on the cross. Wow. As she's like, just like Jesus on the cross, I am transformed. That's and heavy. I mean, it was like... And progressive. That's oh, sure. Any chick with a dick you Dollywood for free. <laughs> that's what I That's what I loved about her. That she, yeah. When she sang the song at the Oscars that year, she's like, well, from Dollywood to Hollywood. How about this? And, and that she... Uh, like she's beautiful. She, I love about her that she is she is a very devout Christian, but she also is like I have fun and I can and that she can fit in progressive values with her Christianity. I, one of my favorite stories about her too. This Dolly Parton has little to do with this episode, yeah. but it was when she hosted Saturday Night Live. She told the writers like I will do any joke you want except Jesus. Like just don't make fun of the church. Uh, I'll do any joke. And she did. Like they said she was game for anything. I grew up with a naked picture of Dolly Parton taped inside a trunk <laughs> where I hid my candy. Was she naked? I grew up in the south. You know, I look I tried looking it up. This was pre-internet. This was mm. ripped out of a magazine. Wow. So either it was a very accurate facsimile because I had to buy. I bought a ripped picture from a magazine <laughs> of a picture of tits, the black market for like for like five bucks in, yeah. in middle school. And I because we grew up in a big hick town, so like and all we weren't really going through puberty yet. All we knew is that the bigger the breast, the better the woman. So <laughs> Dolly course. Parton was the end all be all for a, for a little hick town. So I had Dolly on my mind because there's a little bit of her in Lurley Lumpkin, though Dolly. more Patsy Cline, yes. and so the background. Of this episode uh, is that it is the only episode where the sole credited writer is Mac Green. That's crazy. Only right, and I think it's the second and last one where he is credited as a writer, unless he, he somehow he came wrote back. Like four. Technically, really? he yeah, was on twenty-two. He is a credit writer on twenty-two oh, short films about okay. Springfield, but and I think he did a Treehouse of Horror. Or no, that was before this. Like so, he kind of just fell back on it well and, and, i mean if you like i don't i will not proclaim to know everything about those writing rooms but you generally have a bunch of people throwing that ideas exactly. putting them down on paper and one person goes off to structure that into an episode and that is the credited writer i mean he might have you know what we know about now the dynamics when you between, hear them talk it's like oh that's a fucking meyer joke yeah. even yeah. though his name is not on the he's well, not he doesn't have a writer i feel bit. like someone submits a first draft and then it's punched up yes. into a an episode and that's definitely what this feels like yeah. it feels like there's a lot of punching up with here a dumbass podcast we always yeah. like one person needs to own this mm -hmm. if we're doing this many uh yeah it's just like that but, but also knowing what we know about the dynamics between sam simon and matt grading mm -hmm. i wonder if he was doing it to be like i can write one of these yeah oh you big time writers i'll show you I've was got sam simon idea. gone at this point no 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 season three he he's, was still yeah, he leaves gone during and, it yeah i think so you're right yeah but this is towards the end but I he's mean, he was there for it and the that would explain it though if he was writing it with sam simon and he booked mm -hmm. But and, this, but this episode is a parody of, uh, to an extent, of Coal Miner's Daughter, yes, I've never a seen film it. about Patsy Cline, which is why they hired Beverly D'Angelo, who played her in the film. Which but she did. I am so embarrassed about Sissy this that, that no, you're thinking of a different movie. Anyway, okay. well, but well, no, she's in it. She, Beverly D'Angelo is in it. Mm -hmm. Coal Miner's Daughter, and that she, I didn't know she was a musician. Like yeah, I knew her right. as the vacation mom. I grew up in the '80s. She's vacation mom. It to took me. me a while to Google that this it, this is her singing voice, right? And she wrote some of she the songs. She wrote two of the songs. Wow. She wrote Bag Me a Homer and Your Wife Don't Understand You. Uh, like, Bunk With Me Tonight's my favorite one. It's not on any <laughs> CD and that's always made me mad. But this episode starts at a movie theater oh, with The Simpsons. The first appearance of the Googleplex? Yeah. Um, so, what are we going to see? Let's catch the cheese. Honey, I hit a school bus. Look who's oinking. Look who's oinking. That is such a wonderful mirror into what was coming out of theaters at that time. I think they predicted look who's talking now because yeah. they're they're implying there's going to be pigs talking in this next one. Oh, see, I wondered if that was 
Wow, I always read that as like a Porky's parody. Oh, but okay. no, you're so right. It is totally Look who's talking. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And Ernest and the other movies on the Googleplex. I'm I'll Fry Your Face 3, The Smell in Room 19, yes. Space Mutant 6, uh, The Stockholm Affair, which they go and see, and Ernest versus the Pope. Yeah, Bart says Ernest cuts the cheese, but mm-hmm. the movie is Ernest versus the Pope. This is I, the- I thought that was hysterical because at the time, I unironically loved Ernest movies. And if you made a movie about him farting, <laughs> I would camp out inside the theater. What so- if he farted? I, I love that opening. It's full of great observational stuff of like, this is what going to the movies is like. And the Stockholm Affair is what, like, a sort of a Tom Clancy thriller, like in the they like, make the it Hunt, look for very Hunt for Red October yeah. towards the end, at least. Get me Ted Colick or whatever that guy's name is, <laughs> Jim uh, Colick. But ju- like the parking in the compact space, mm. that to me, I always think of it when I see a compact space. Like, I think I have a minor anxiety about it when <laughs> I when I drove around. I was like. I can't park there. I'll, I'll, my car will be trapped. I never knew what a compact car was again from the south. And then I moved to San Francisco, and it's like if you you need to have a compact car to, to live to here. park anywhere. I mean, yeah, a compact see, car is like almost too big. Is like, very rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a boat of a car. You need a to classic. buy a small disposable car because you will lose those windows. You will <laughs> get your car will be shit on. Uh, all shit resistant. I do think this is the one of the final appearances of Space Mutants. Like they just stopped. I think they stopped thinking like. Space Mutants isn't funny. They barely show it. It's not, yeah. it's not only that it wasn't funny, because I do love the Space Mutants, don't get me wrong, but like that was probably more evocative of the writers of the first season's childhood than an accurate depiction. Mm. We were not watching monster movies. And yeah. they really don't make a lot of great jokes with this, this uh, yeah. Space Mutants idea. I mean, they're the one where they're in Australia is mm-hmm. funny, but I think that's basically the, the most they get out of it. Yeah. Even though yeah. the first NES game was based on the idea of space mutants, but um, I did love Bart's line: "If you don't watch the violence, you'll never get desensitized to it." <laughs> That's true. I do like the outburst um, March has at Homer during the film. I think that guy's a spy. Well, of course he's a spy. You just sunk on the spy school. <laughs> oh wait! I heard how this ends. It turns out the secret code was the same nursery rhyme he told his daughter. Oh. <laughs> It's pretty obvious if you think about it. Oh, shut up, Homer. No one wants to hear what you think. That is crazy. I do love when it's a treat for me when I'm in a theater Mm -hmm. and the entire theater applauds a bad person being asked to go. Like, Mm -hmm. I worked in a movie theater for four years. And so I've been on both sides of it. And when you see some allowed jerk asked to leave or told to shut up by the rest of the theater and everyone applauds like it's a beautiful moment though it it also you know heightens the situation and makes things even more (laughs) tense but it is a nice cathartic moment i like a whole audience laughing i really sympathize with marge because i have had friends that would be the chatty person in the theater and it's hard to yell at them without like making a situation but at the same time you feel like you're part of it and people Mm -hmm. are also looking at you and you're just like god shut up i've been both and i have also been on the receiving end of a public dressing down by my significant other oh but i mean i just don't shut up chris i don't i thrive on not behaving well it's just it's I don't blame anybody else, I but think, but I know how much it hurts to be scolded in public like that. I mean, yeah, I just can't feel too bad for him because like he was being so obscenely rude at this thing, and mm. and people were trying to tell him like, shut up, but Homer. That's, but that's and, what happens when you get in long term relationships. You get too comfortable where you don't <laughs> really you're not you're not considered enough about how you're making someone else look in public. And that's true. as uh, an animation geek, I did love that when she gets hit, when Homer does get hit with the drink. More of it does splash on Marge, so when he says the 
Well, no, yeah. no, I don't have it. Well, yeah, know. when she says most of the stuff they threw at you got mm-hmm. uh, got me, it really did happen. But just watching, this is one of those episodes watching it as an adult, like it does make a lot more sense to me. I would probably get mad, storm out, go away for an evening, come back and apologize. He leaves for a long time. He I guess does. We'll get to that. Homie, aren't you coming inside? Marge, I have always carried myself with a certain quiet dignity. Tonight, you robbed me of it. I'm going now, and I don't know when you'll see me again. Wow. Mm. Homer is so in the wrong here. I, I was having problems, you know, uh, trying to feel good about what Homer's doing throughout, even though it leads to some great jokes. I feel like I'm leaving my family because I made a scene, and you don't know where I'm going, and I might not be back. And I'll take the one car that, uh, when I you know, have to. Have, yeah. you know, have male tantrums like that, where you just run away for like a, a, an hour? I, I don't go... Maybe, like, go to the other room, not like, I'm leaving town, I won't be back till no, the morning. I usually, like, just go see a movie or something. Or, like, like yeah, that. go to the bar. Um, I guess I've done that, but I wouldn't be gone all night long. No. And, though, that, uh, though, we are thinking about this now, like, they didn't have cell phones. So when Homer's, yeah. like, gone, like, you don't know where he is, you can't text him, you yeah. can't... You couldn't text him in two hours later, like, still still mad? Still true. mad? Like That's they, true. No way to check in. Are you impossible. ready to talk, Bay? Hashtag <laughs> Some kind of emojis thrown in there. I love the stuff with Flamin' Pete's. That was fun. Like just the, And that's why he gets so far away from town, too, that he's he's chasing Flamin' Pete's, and then he just keeps driving. And the stuff with the smells, it's not good audio, but him just being like yeah. all the different stenches. Uh, yeah, I swear they spend two minutes with Homer in the car with no no dialogue, just yeah. him driving past <laughs> things. And that, that actually, that, that entire stretch of highway that has nothing but bad smells is like, yeah. the, like when you drive from uh, Southern California to Northern California, there is like mm. a stretch of highway like that that's just nothing but cows. So you're just, you're smelling manure for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah I, we would have to drive through Jessup, Georgia. They had <laughs> one good thing, a Hardee's, the rest of it was like a paper mm. mill and just miles of stench yeah I do miles of stench uh, you know Carl's so Jr. Carl's Jr. Is right not, there it's not the same it's not the same not they, have, they have a California burger and I always look into stupid burger innovations like what is this it's the In-N-Out burger that's mm. what they've ripped off and they put in Hardee's yeah. all over the country a few cars Why are we ta- you know what we what? shouldn't be talking about because yeah. I have this in, in next to my house mm. we don't sell duff we sell fud okay fud me um, <laughs> there, there is a stupid, awful, terrible local grocery store that's the closest to us, and we occasionally have to go buy bad produce there. They have one kind of bacon. It is FUD. It is FUD <laughs> bacon. And wow. I, 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 every time I go in and take a picture, I'm like, boy, I'm going to tweet about this. It's going to be great. Then I forget and post like 18 other things. Instead. Did it blind any hillbillies? <laughs> that's my so question. They are so mean to Southerners in this one. Like they yeah. are. It's to such a cartoonist extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, it's Spittle County. <laughs> uh, they immediately cross the line and you're in deliverance. And then the, the, at the honky talk, like, that's my line of the show. Hey, mm-hmm. let's fight. Yeah. Oh, you got Them's it. fighting words. No, no. Of course, I don't have it. I, but hey, let's fight. Them's fighting words. Um, I and just uh, then they even throw a pig on stage in anger when they're throwing chairs. <laughs> they also throw at, a pig. at the yodeler. Yeah, uh, almost everything that happens, Homer in the third act, I think, is like some of the best lines the show has ever had. And then good for graining if he's responsible for those. It shows whether he's a real genius. But so he meets the singing waitress. We work all day for some old man. Sweat and break your back. Yeah. Then you go home to your castle, but your queen won't cut your slack. That's true. That's why you're losing all your hair. That's why you're overweight. Uh-huh. That's why you flipped your pickup truck. 
right off the interstate. That's right, except for the pickup truck. <laughs> There's a light above the hand you. There's nothing you can do. Your wife don't understand you, but I do. Yep. Yeah, well, I don't understand you, but she, I do. Beverly D'Angelo is so good. Speaking as a red-blooded American male, I think this is the most attractive female Simpsons character ever well, created. It's her mm. voice. Like, Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo, I mean, I'm sure she looks age-appropriate now, but she not only sounded, but looked like... Why wasn't she Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> That's true. Like yeah. she even looked like that. She looked like the perfect woman. Like I, um, yeah, I think with up until like five years ago when she finally like, oh, guess what? She's sixty. She's been sixty this whole time. <laughs> no one told me because she had. I think she just had twins with Al Pacino like a couple of years. Jesus. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so do you think? Uh, do you think uh, Lurleen is prettier than Mindy? Ooh, yes, I think so. But I have I, a white trash fetish. I'm from. Uh, I mean, I like. I think she's drawn sexily, sexlier because she she is more throughout the episode. She is drawn more openly, like she's courting Homer. Yeah, Mindy and Homer end up together without wanting it. Neither of them wants it, so she's not drawn as like sexily. Yeah, she's trying to be a little seductive. It also, might have something to do with uh, your. You're, uh, what you're attracted to, Henry, because basically Mindy is Homer. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. This, no, this I, is a sultry minx. No, I would say Lurleen is. I think Lurleen is prettier, too. I think something that helps the prettiness transfer over is that uh, there's something cartoonish about her, like her giant hair, her. The, but these things that are real bits of the South, it's coming through with oh, her. It still works. Like her shirt you know? and everything. Yeah, yeah. she is a Stucky's pecan log in a manure farm. You know <laughs> what I mean? But the okay, so that song from the beginning, I think, tells you. Lurleen is into married guys. Like she, mm. she wants this kind of from the beginning. Like, yeah, and I, we were talking before the show. Every song she writes is about Homer. Sometimes explicitly, <laughs> like I am singing to you, Homer, about you and your wife and me, and how I want you to leave her, and I want to have sex with you, but Homer. Do you think there's a lot of country songs like this? I don't know a whole lot about this kind of country music, but aren't yes. there a lot of like wish fulfillment? Like I'll be there for you. Like how all oh, those yeah. boy bands are like I'm, I'm singing to you, the woman who's listening or the girl who's listening. Well, there is the song. I mean, uh, this brought me to thinking of, of Dolly Parton. I mean, there's, I don't believe it's a Parton song, but there's Stand By Your Man, which shortly gets parodied later. But oh, yeah. Stand By Your Man, which is, it's more about how hard it is to be a woman. And Stand By Your Man is a stupid song. Yeah. Wait, well, it's I will catchy, say that. but it doesn't so have a good message. <laughs> the message in it is just like, uh, can you believe this awful woman stole your man? I hate this woman. Like, you should be kind of mad at your guy yep, for yep. you do not change horses in midstream that's, uh, and, that's an Oregon it, trail tip but it also reminded me of uh, there's a very good drunk history mm-hmm. by Casey Wilson where she tells the drunk history or she plays Dolly Parton in it she t- tells the drunk history behind Dolly Parton writing the song I Will Always Love You, which was more popularized by Whitney Houston, but it was a hit first with Dolly Parton. Listen to the Dolly one. She's got an extra verse in it. She Mm. wrote it as a farewell song to her former songwriting and love life partner. And she was going solo. And she wrote that song as like, this is goodbye, and I will always love you, but I'm leaving you too. My heart is breaking hearing this. My heart will go on. And she also like, he got some of the songwriting rights Mm. to it too. She gave it, gifted it to him because he was down on his luck. Like, watch that drunk history. It's an wow, amazing drunk history. It, it gave me a whole new level of appreciation for Dolly. But so anyway, yeah, I think that kind of autobiographical stuff that is totally what country is about, yeah. whether it is a Chanteuse or a Chanteuse. I mean, it just revels in th- those cliches that help 
things become, go mainstream. They mm. can be easily adapted to any situation. And it's important to note that Homer is moved by this song, not because of Lurleen's beauty, which he's oblivious to, which they kind of have to make yeah. him oblivious to, they to make him... so hard to make yeah. him oblivious. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the worst written lines in Simpsons history. Mm. Which one? So what's your name, stranger? Oh, yeah. Homer J. Simpson. My name's Lurleen Lumpkin. That's a pretty name. Oh, you think so? Maybe. I'm not sure. And then he says, I forgot it. I forgot it. Yeah, like, kind of a clunker. Yeah, what the hell? That's way sub Simpsons yeah. graining. Yeah. Can't I, work on every line, I guess. I think that's where they're trying to just show how oblivious he is. Mm. But he'd, you look at the things around it, like he's that oblivious to her clear interest in him. Mm-hmm. Though I liked when he first introduced himself before the commercial break, and she's like, yeah. She's obviously thinking, you're the 800th guy tonight yeah. who will hit on me, the no, pretty waitress. He's, just, he's interested but, in the music, but man. But the time cut, the mm-hmm. time cut shows he's there in the morning. Like, yeah. So did he talk with her all night? Like, how oblivious sure. can he be? If you're talking to a beautiful waitress all night while you're a married man in a committed monogamous relationship, like... You know, like you, even Homer should know. <laughs> it leaves that just that time jump leaves a ton to wonder. Yeah. Yes. How far away is this place? Why is he ready to get Randy when he gets home? Uh, yeah, it, I didn't that's think about something that else. Too. How long has he been drinking? Is it just normal makeup sex, or is it inspired <laughs> by Lurleen? Uh, but a part of this episode that I, I, I like now that I didn't notice before, like mm-hmm. this entire motivation of Homer is that he's appreciating like art. Yeah, and he and he is yeah. so in love with this art she's making, he wants to help her spread it to everywhere because yeah. it like it's like an emotional side of Homer. Usually he's obsessed yeah. with TV and eating, Food. but this is like I love this song, I love your music. Yeah. Let's show people how good you are. Now, yeah. That's the side of Homer we don't see. I they're in in between there singing to a bowling. Ball. That's true. But I do. <laughs> Homer's singing to his ball again. Yeah, and he's bowling at 280. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he has a kind of hunch all over the world. <laughs> again, Chris, you're right. Uh, Letty and Carl killed Barney. Yeah, uh, no, this this could be theory. Barney. Oh, Henry said that. Ba- sorry. Ba- I was thinking about it because in the scene after this, Barney appears at the. It's actually a pretty cute scene where Mo finds out he's been cheated on. Yeah. by Homer going to. That's also where he find out that Fud, that Fud blinds hillbillies. Yeah. But Barney just sits there, and I was waiting like, and now Barney says something. Wow, Barney doesn't say anything. <laughs> I'll I think always he, be a I think he just says what when he, when what? when Mo says off oh, from now on all the drinks are free for tonight or the next oh, hour when yeah. Mo hears the song. Yeah, yeah, he does say something later, but the. I, I love that song. I was listening to oldies a lot as a kid, yeah. and so I just I knew that song, the kind of hush and, and this, song. I, again, when I, we talk about Simpsons writers' nostalgia not being in tune with the times we were living in, because I was very young here, the song hasn't been recorded. Just I remember growing up watching cartoons with those booths where you'd go and sing a song and it would spit out a record. Oh, yeah. I have never seen one of those in my entire life. Uh, I might have it, never. And if there is, let me go. Let me go cut that Mighty Number no. Nine uh, Mambo Number no. Five parody that I did <laughs> well, the other day. So That's sp- worth it. I mean, speaking of things that there are not discussed but are inferred, mm-hmm. Homer knows her address. Like he goes to where she lives, mm. so he found out her address. So even though he's like, "Oh, I forgot your name." Well, you know her address, Homer. You knew where yeah. to found, find her. And when you think about it, in 1992, again, no internet, mm-hmm. no phone. So he had to write Private that down. Like, mm. how's, or he at least has her phone number. Either either of those is a level of intimacy. I'm sure it happened in the like, five hours they were talking that we didn't see. Yeah, but that's, a, again, that's why, not to harp on that, but that she walks up to him in that scene as if they've never spoken before. Mm. So he's just been sitting there alone in the morning 
until they opened <laughs> to talk to who? I don't yeah. know. A lot That's of a that time jump, yeah. I almost wish it wasn't there. All you had to do was have a dark sky, and this could be a naturally following scene. Now there's a ton of questions. Well, so they- it isn't Homer J. Simpson. Lurleen, I can't get your song out of my mind. I haven't felt this way since Funky Town. <laughs> oh, aren't you sweet? Do you think I could get a copy of it? Sorry, darling. All my songs are up here. I'm based in a turkey with my tears. Don't look up my dress unless you mean it. I'm sick of your lying lips and false teeth. Earlene, we've got to crack open your head and scoop out those songs. <laughs> mm. uh, I wish her reaction was more joking to that, but she's not stupid enough to know he doesn't mean that yeah. re- literally. But uh, I thought it was like magic them making that scene. Simpsons will be right back. Howdy, y'all. Today we have a very countrified episode of our favorite show, The Simpsons. Uh, you want to know how you can avoid being a hayseed hick? I'll tell you what, a good pair of socks. Yes, a good pair of socks, baby. And that's because this show is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas Socks. They have a sock for you that has been carefully created to improve on years of socks complacency in the industry. It's, I swear to God, a better toe fit, a better grip. It feels lighter, more comfortable. Bombas has spent two years in research and development in order to help bring you a better sock at a better price. Everything from advanced blister protection on the heels, a technology that helps the sock stay up instead of a creepy-ass sock guard. Bombas has innovated the sock, and I know how silly that sounds, but it's true. Even better for every pair of socks you buy, one pair is given to the homeless. And there's a 100% satisfaction guarantee should you have any problem. Bombas will send you new socks and offer you a full refund. And yes, Talking Simpsons fans... You can get 20% off your first Bombas orders by going to getbombas.com slash laser time. It is just that simple. Why not head to the website, poke around a bit, see if it's right for you, and we'll scamper on back to the show. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I have a sad story about, about Kiss Me. Which I've never actually said out loud, but oh, that wow. song, I really remember that song. I but love her voice. Whenever that came out, like 97, 98, I'm like 99. a teenager at Six Flags waiting in line for a roller coaster, and that song plays. And I see this woman who's probably in her like 30s, not very attractive, and she's crying as the song plays. And I'm Jesus. just like, holy shit. The, 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 like the world is unfair, and this makes me so like sad. She's, but I'm like, I'm not gonna kiss her. I'm, th- I'm 17, and she's <laughs> she's not very attractive. So, just, uh, that's what this will cheer. But it, but sexual it, assault. So yeah. she's going through it. I guess. She's feeling it. Oh, but now I feel like if I was at a theme park alone in a and line a song called "Kiss Me" yeah. and and "Kiss Me" came on, and I saw people in the theme park kissing each other while that song played, I might cry. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Uh, but the the her being discovered that way is it almost feels like a pre parody of Walk the Line the the Johnny Cash thing uh, where it's like uh, they just have they parody it so well in uh, Walk Hard mm-hmm. of just the guy saying like 
you better play your one song at this radio thing, but I don't think you can play a single note that'll make me be impressed by your music. <laughs> I love that movie. And then he immediately reacts like, oh, that's the greatest song Please celebrate that movie forever, because those movies are still being made it. and so stupid. Rediscover yeah. Walk Hard, people. It's such a great movie. John C. Riley's so good. <laughs> I think I kind of want it. <laughs> uh, and uh, then they, it gets played on Cud Radio, which I love the Cud. <laughs> you got cut on it. The Cud shots are, I swear, they just drew a barn around the KBBL yeah. Uh, yeah. establishing shot. Um, but yeah, Marge is not happy about any of this. She's wonderful. I could feel her sweet country soul in every digitally encoded bit. Country music sucks. All it does is take precious airspace away from shock DJs whose cruelty and profanity amuse us all. Shut up, boy. Marge, what do you think? Well, it's nice. But who is this woman? Well, right now she's an out-of-work cocktail waitress, but she's going to be a country music superstar like, uh, that jerk in the cowboy hat and that dead lady. I don't <laughs> like you hanging around some cocktail waitress. Marge, you make it sound so seamy. All I did was spend the afternoon in her trailer watching her try on some outfits. <laughs> ooh, ooh. But it, I, I, it is, you, I never really thought about that, but how, how little Homer is motivated by attraction to... And he's he's a Marge... What, a, a, a margophile? <laughs> yeah, a margosexual. He, like, he, he never cares about anybody But else. in other episodes, it has been implied, he has a se- he has sexual True. appetites. You're right. Me. That's why it was odd in the mod episode. Oh, the yeah. wonder in the bar. Oh, yeah. Well, he yeah. was wasted, too, yeah. so maybe his yeah. demons come out then. Well, but he was drunk at that bar, though. Oh, true. So. Yeah. This is proclaiming he wants nothing in exchange. Don't thank me, Lurleen. You should be thanking your brain. Oh, wow. No man has ever been this nice to me without, you know, wanting something in return. Well, I was going to ask you for a glass of water, but now I feel kind of guilty about it. <laughs> You're just a big sack of sugar. Thanks. You did say sugar, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, such a good joke. I love yeah. that joke. That, yeah. that again, I mentioned it in the Homer at the Bat episode, and it's same deal here. They said on the commentary that the that joke the Fox censors hated and barely allowed on it, and then it yeah. was central in the commercials yeah. for that's, the episode. That's why this joke doesn't really work on me anymore, because I've, I've saw those yeah. commercials so much, watching like nine hours of TV a day in yeah. 1992. Finally, <laughs> the country episode, Little Me said. Woohoo! <laughs> well, and also on the DVD, they don't have deleted scenes for this episode, but they do have one of the commercials that has a deleted scene yeah. in the commercial. It's I wrote on the that DVD. down. Yeah. Should, I, should I tell what the, the cut scene is? It's, yeah. it's two lines. It's uh, there in the recording studio. Lisa says, I never thought I'd see another woman in Dad's life. And Bart says, what are you talking about? There's Sarah Lee, Aunt Jemima, Betty Crocker. Mm. So... They did not keep the cut scenes until, I think, season five, because those are the DVDs Jesus. that actually start featuring cut scenes, and we're going to get into those when we hit those episodes, because there's so many good jokes. It's like a threat. They could have become the Simpsons <laughs> jokes that we know. That's what, like, in another yeah. timeline, we could be saying wow. these different jokes, mm-hmm. and we would know these different jokes. Uh, and speaking of quick jokes, I loved, like, it was almost too savage, but it was it felt like such a Hollywood Babylon moment of crusty, like, slapping Mel, like... <laughs> Told you to stay away from my sister. <laughs> the idea that Sideshow Mel fucks somebody's sister should be should be the funniest thing in the whole episode. And Krusty's sister never heard from again. Doesn't never, exist. Yeah. The bone stage. Just like go, Aunt Bella. <laughs> and also the I I have come to really like the way Snake says it's payback time. <laughs> it's about to smash him in the face. But, uh, Marge does eventually ask Homer to stop seeing Merlene. Are you having an affair with 
with this woman? No. Have you kissed her? No. Has she kissed you? A couple of times. I want you to stop <laughs> seeing her. I can't. I'm her manager. Her manager? That's ridiculous. I won't allow you to spend any more time away from your family. Marge, you're standing in the way of my boyhood dream of managing a beautiful country singer. Your boyhood dream was to eat the world's biggest hoagie. And you did it at the county fair last year, remember? Marge. Laureline's going to be a big success, and whether you like it or not, I'm going to be there. Fine. See if I care. That is their first year boyhood dream was to be a whatever. And uh, they had had the previous one of like, uh, don't you remember? We went to the gorge, or we went to that car shaped like a bowling ball. Like, they definitely had jokes before of like, don't you remember this, and here's a photo. But this was the boyhood dream one. They'd later do it like, your boyhood dream was to run on to the baseball field. And you did it, remember? Yeah, ruins game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, at this point, Homer is now Colonel Homer dressed yeah. in the Colonel suit. Oh. A parody of Elvis's manager, I believe, yeah, who I eventually so. killed him with illegal, illegal drugs. Colonel Parker, <laughs> his very controlling manager slash yeah. best friend. And, and yeah, that is also something to remember about Elvis, that he apparently never took an illegal drug in his life, but he took right, prescription drugs. Like, he, he hated drugs, but all these pills, great. Yeah. How many celebrities are killed by their, their you know, opportunistic doctors that are just like, I'll get Michael you anything. Jackson, yeah. Heath Ledger. Prince, maybe. Um, Prince. maybe. Maybe Prince. Yeah. Maybe Prince. Uh, shit. I, uh, it sounds like a good feature to me. We'll look for. A, <laughs> look, I look forward to a morbid listicle. We don't have a death Shirley. jingle for this episode, um, so I need to mention some oh, death. But, so Marge is really hurt here, and then yeah. Homer like I, no, this. I, this, I, this might be my line of the show. I do love it. everything Homer says in that costume. So. That's the joke. Hey, Colonel Homer, and you must be Mrs. Homer Simpson. Charmed. Mm. Mm. You said she was overweight. Marge, it takes two to lie. One to lie and one to listen. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Marge. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but this, this is a great performance here from Julie Cadner. No, no. She, she's realistically angry. Yes. She's yeah, so really the last clip we showed, like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm liking Marge. In the, even though she's, you're, you're bummed for Marge, she's at least giving a great performance. She's yeah. clearly mm-hmm. hurt. And I yeah. get that. I think Homer could have had a better argument if he said, this will make us lots of money. Like, we could make... She's getting yeah. popular. Yeah. I'll get a piece yes. of that. And so what Bob said, that like he's not motivated by that. He just he just loves the song that yeah. much. That's it, She's it, just a friend. And again, how, how oblivious he is to the, 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 the vagina being thrown in his face. Think <laughs> with me tonight. Oh, that's hot. There isn't a man alive who wouldn't get turned on by that. Well, goodbye. <laughs> I, that's my favorite song in this episode, by the way. Bunk with me. The, rep, uh, the repetition of Bunk with me makes it really funny. And then she like slows it down and, and starts singing strings. it to him. Yeah, and, uh, the, and she's sexy as shit. The, pre- the previous song is like, these are all about Homer now. Yeah. Uh, bagged me a Homer. Bagged me a Homer. Definitely like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your man. You know, Or I've gotten your man, really. I love, I mean, I love the animation. It's basically a mini music video. And then they fill in like Bart being a like Bart is being such an annoying kid in yeah. both of his shots, and then the, Lisa get got to play on the song. Which, I like that like, little saxophone uh, yeah. uh, part in that song, and uh, the writers say it's kind of like an opera, and that so much of the story is told through song. I think that's true. Like so much of this, I think there's like five minutes worth of songs in this episode, or maybe wow. four. Also, like it still made me cringe now hearing teeth scratch against teeth. Like ugh, I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Uh, Poor. Marge again, like 
Homer really should know how much it hurts her. And this, this is like a little bit. Again, as an adult, these scenes become a little more traumatizing. The idea that mom's oh, going, yes. Marge is going to dress the kids in their Sunday best to they show Homer. They knew what it was. Like they knew, they knew they yeah. were being used to be like, please don't cheat on your family. Dress please up and show your father. And that, there's a scene in World According to Garp. We watched that recently. It's just like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. here's a clip. Just so you know, while you and Lurleen were out judging that grease pig contest, <laughs> Mandy cut. Her first tooth. That's great, honey. Say, have you seen my rattlesnake headband? You're not even listening to me. Sure, they will. Kids, will you come in here? You've got a wonderful family, Homer. Please don't forget it when you walk out that door tonight. Uh, I gotta go. As much as I hate that man right now, you gotta love that suit. <laughs> That seems like the yeah. first inkling of Homer that there could be something wrong. I think he's only realizing it in this in this act three. Yeah, I think he's... Well, I mean, the bunk with me tonight was finally when he got it. And that was a connected bookend that he might have missed is when he gets hit on by Lurleen, he runs away and says, I gotta go. Yeah. And Marge is then confronting him with, please don't leave your family. Yeah, I gotta go. Same deal. Like, he's reacting to both. He doesn't... It, it's implied he almost doesn't know what he wants. I think he and, might be a little in denial. Like, he wants this dream to come true for Lurleen, but it's also at the cost of his family. Yeah, and I did love... It's a little thing, but the way Patty is on the phone, and she's (laughs) like, oh, you got that one? I I do, yeah. All our money's tied up in this woman. If she fails, we're broke. If she succeeds, I have no husband. Mm. I don't know what to root for. You don't? I just love it. You don't. <laughs> you know, I swear I've said that in real life. And and then comes to a parody oh, that makes no sense to kids today. That, this is nuts, yeah. Hold on to your pitchforks, everybody. It's time again for... Yeah! Starring in alphabetical order, Yodel and Zeke, <laughs> Butterball Jackson, Freddie Boy and Yuma, Cloris Moselle, Big Shirtless Rod, Orville and Hurley, Cappy May. Hip Diddler, Rooney, the Yahoo Recovering Alcoholic Jug Band, and tonight in her syndicated TV debut, Lurleen. <laughs> God, okay, so the Yahoo. best, this is an amazing Hee Haw parody. Yes. The best Hee Haw parody is Horse Apples from For- Wonder Shows. Wonder Shows yeah. and Horse Apples is the greatest. Well, this is a very good one. Yeah, the, the big, not a savage, the but it still works. bummer slash fucking societal relief. Is that no one will ever get any of those again? But like, if you were a kid like me in the South growing up without cable, Hee Haw was on every seven seconds, and like Hee Haw, Hee Haw is a show that started in the '60s and was a syndicated television show that continued into the '90s. Mm. It, it, it technically at the time it had been on longer than Saturday Night Live, and uh, it was it was on all the fucking time. And I didn't get any. I didn't like anything that wasn't cartoon mm. anyway. But he had a cartoon. It had like two seconds it was of a cartoon. Infuriating. Yeah. And like, I, so you'll never know that burden of having to watch Hee Haw. It sucks. The show is just like the parody in that there are these 10 second comedy sketches, and, yes. then, and then a man very sincerely introduces a, a you musical know what, guest. kids. You will get. You will know what Hee Haw is uh, if you know the Family Guy joke for and ladies and gentlemen Conway Twitty. Those are all lazy, clips from Hee Haw. One of the laziest jokes no. in that lazy ass show's lazy. 
crazy history. It I'm makes me Henry. laugh almost every time, depending on how high I am, and especially <laughs> when they're like the two or three times. Are they really going to let the song go all the way through? So, with this, this well, yeah, then they don't have to animate shit or write Wayne words Newton. or do jokes. I think Still, they, they did all it more part than, of this meta Andy Kaufman joke, and we get to sit there and enjoy it. They did it more than once, I think. Right, they, they, all the time, and it just gets longer every oh single time. God, it's okay. more elaborate. I haven't so the, seen that far. So I will say that Hee Haw is not something I'd ever want to watch. Not funny, but I miss the age of variety shows. Yeah, like in yeah. that mm. it introduced probably a lot it became a platform am, for a lot of musicians yeah, who wouldn't a have country got musicians it who didn't have tonight show spots yeah. and like weren't getting on regular channels. And, that, yeah. Again, this will date all of us, and actually just me. But there is there's another thing called the Grand Ole Opry, yep, which yep. is like a classier hee haw. Yeah, I think. Was, but it was like it was like the Prairie Home Companion version of which uh, is a hee-haw. parody of something like hee haw, maybe. But hmm. my my favorite of the names is Hip Diddler. That's my favorite. <laughs> actually, this this has my line of the show. I don't think you have it in your clips, Chris. Oh, no. uh, Homer saying they don't call me Colonel Homer because I'm some dumbass yes, army they guy. They do. It's oh. when he's talking to the Rebel Yell Rep. Excuse me, are you Colonel Homer Simpson? Yes, I am. I'm from Rebel Yell Records, a division of Tokusage Corporation. I'm interested in buying Lurleen's contract. Forget it, pal. They don't call me Colonel Homer because I'm some dumbass army guy. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know That's why, but... The joke. It's so mean to the military... Hearing Rebel he, Yell Records, a property of the Tagasaki. Tagasaki. That, that's great. What, I what, you, that what people don't remember, what you probably don't remember from that era, I mean, like uh, home video was becoming big, but few a few studios were embracing it very well, uh, Disney being one of them and Universal being another one, and that was all brought to you by MCA Universal, a momentary acquisition of everything we had, mm-hmm. uh, America had, by Japanese corporations. The only one that still holds on, really, is uh, Sony and Columbia. Mm-hmm. And then it, I really hate, you see a Ghostbusters trailer, and oh, there's so many things to hate about. Just kidding. Uh, but they, 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 I refuse to they, watch it. They do both Sony and Columbia. And like, why are you sliding Sony in here? Like, we know you own Columbia. Like, you yeah, do, Sony didn't should, have anything to do with it. They should just change Columbia to, to Sony, Sony movies, if you need this logo here. Sony like, film, a Sony like, company, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. The, the Sony which gets say, bigger which it bigger says right under now. the Columbia logo. God, but like, redundant. But that 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 was the joke. You won't get now is that at the time, like, it was. Kind of nuts. A bunch of Japanese corporations were buying a ton of record companies and a ton of media companies. I also did love Lurleen's joke about fiberglass hay. Like, <laughs> it's like stabbing her. The animators really draw her sexily in yep. this bit. Like, they were they were clearly very excited to draw a sexy there lady. There were more than a few, like, good butt shots of Lurleen that I Definitely. noticed this time. I was when, like, she, oh. when she walks into meeting Marge for the first time, it's just like, swing, we will have, Maybe swing, that'll be our swing. season three of the hottest Simpsons character ever. And I'm really going to put Lurleen way up there. I want that recorded and yeah. I want people to hear me talking about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. So when Homer has his flashback to all his his entire love life, seemingly, it kind of tells me the same thing I thought about Marge from the way we was, which is Marge seems to have only had one sexual partner her entire life, Homer. Mm. And based on that thing, Homer didn't seem to ever get laid before meeting Marge in his senior <laughs> year in high school either. So are they the only people they've ever had sex with? And at that point, it I really feels like... really thought that was a mathematic equation to marrying someone you met in high school. I guess yeah, so, right? but it's that almost makes it feel like... 
just have an open marriage or something, or just say like, yeah, just fuck this person. Have have some experience spoken, outside of spoken me. Spoken like a true gay man. Can you hear, you listen to this horse shit? Spoken like a millennial. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I am more on the side of polyamory these days. But I just think like, eh, how about monogamy. you? You deliver the case to my lady. Let's see how she treats it. Say monogamy seems very outdated, especially when it's just like, eh, it's, I don't know. It's like a handshake. I'm <laughs> signing off on that by winking too. It was. It was funny, too, that Homer had to be like, oh, you would have gone all the way with me, too, right? And Oh, yeah. Oh. Lurleen goes laughing. sorry, Lurleen. All I wanted to do was share your beautiful voice with other people. And I've done that. Now oh, I better get out of here before I lose my family. Just so I don't wonder, you would have gone all the way with me, wouldn't you? Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's a weird clarification there. That like she seemed to be so down with casual sex to this point that I guess it's the joke is Homer's so stupid he needs that conversation. Maybe she thinks maybe this he will come back to me if I let him know, yes, I will have sex with you, Homer. <laughs> it was pretty clear in the beginning, like it wasn't well, I'm gonna leave my marriage for a makeout session tonight with the promise of third base later. Like mm. I think Homer knows like you're getting you're having sex. Yeah. Like this is a sexual encounter. I was only bummed out by the they make numerous references that they're sinking their life savings into Lurleen's career. Yeah. He's like, I'm desperate to offload her, I'll give you fifty bucks. So either you lost a shitload of money or your life savings with fifty dollars. I don't know which one I want to root I, for. My head canon for that is that they made in the montage they mm-hmm. made back the money mm-hmm. like they still mm-hmm. sold all those records they were packaging those I records there and they sold Thank them you. I feel good so he has a back end deal I need yeah. to update the wiki for so this so maybe it got them just back to zero and I then suppose the, we have Lurleen's last song Stand By Your Manager she writes backstage I guess before a performance <laughs> and Homer makes it home and by the way live television mm-hmm. loves it when you spring a song on them just yes. ask Lauren Michaels you'll and, always be invited back and they must be filming Yahoo 15 <laughs> minutes from the Simpsons home because he gets <laughs> there in time for it to air live and unless it was on tape delay maybe this but. is the most explicit song because he she name drops homer and marge mm-hmm. also in the song dropped by oh, that point just yeah like yeah and i did love oh in the flashback thing too i love that nancy got to play a woman for once and she's like <laughs> thanks for dinner and oh just right drives yeah. away. like she that was such a great like that's nancy the woman there it felt so natural for her just like Oh, a sarcastic, yeah. kind of masculine voice. I woman. think that's that's her real voice, though. Yeah, like, not even putting on a voice. Thanks for dinner. So I, I like this episode. I don't think there it's super funny, mm-hmm. and uh, but I still really enjoyed it. My my one problem is like we don't see a lot of Lurleen outside of her being horny for Homer. Like that's her only identity, really. Mm-hmm. And upon watching this, like as an adult, I'm like, I, w- I wish there was something more to Lurleen than just that's that's all she is. You know, just a temptation. I, yeah, I mean, she is a great songwriter, a great yeah. singer songwriter. So, but they barely—they're just like, oh, it's like a town or something, whatever. But uh, you're really interested in Homer, and then also that um, Marge is watching Yahoo naked, and yeah. that she doesn't know Homer's coming back to have sex. That's another with Mark her. Kirkland uh, trait. Yeah, he directed this episode. Uh, well, I mean, and- it helps for the episode to end with them both nude in bed, about to do it, and so at least then you just get to watch Homer undress in such a horrifying yes, way. But out of his colonel costume. Yeah, I, lo- I, I actually love that. So Lurling does come back in Marge versus the Monorail next year. I spent last night in a ditch. And then she comes back in season like 15, 16, 17. I looked it up. Season 19. Okay, I did watch this one when it aired and I remember not liking it because I did watch this one right before like Lurling's uh, coming back and it was like I was still let down. No, I had not watched it. I just read the wiki on it, but it was... 
pretty much they reveal that the previous cameo appearances of her don't really count mm. but that she had gone on the, hit the skids after homer wasn't managing her anymore her father she owed a ton of back taxes and her father was taking advantage of her too mm. then she is able to get back on her feet they shove in a bullshit re- appearance by the dixie chicks in the episode oh jesus and then it seems that mar and then homer even dresses up as colonel homer again to get to with marge and they help her get back on her feet and then marge is it seems to imply marge has forgiven her and then the parting joke is marge saying if you ever come near my husband again i will choke you to death jesus christ and so oh uh, what a classic episode we'll get to that one in probably 2023 i'm guessing if we're all still alive and still doing podcasts if podcasts even exist anymore who knows but i, I yeah. think marge was a little my opinion is marge was slightly too forgiving but and I also thought it was Homer is full on making out with her in that after the after his dream sequence. That unless she, I'd like, like to think that that all he happened. Absent-mindedly did it like he was. I'd, oh, I I'd was like to think it's a split stuff. second. In mm-hmm. the, it, it, he didn't. He wasn't going for it. He yeah, wasn't, she kind of like lunged yes. at him. I mean, Marge definitely went closer to infidelity with Jacques. She, she now was that hurts. Imp- that you don't do. It was more like premeditated, I would yes, say. And she knew go. what she was doing. She knew what she knew what that brunch was, and he told her, hey, will you come have sex with me to next week? Yeah. I wish I oh, I will. Tell like, all yeah. my girlfriends, fuck whoever you want, just don't tell me about it or fall in love. Why is it so hard? I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, but this is, yeah, not the most hilarious episode we've seen in season three, but a a well-animated one with a lot of great songs. Beverly songs D'Angelo's one their best guests ever, I think. Yeah, her yeah. voice really fit the character and about how she looks and how she acts, too. Uh, yeah. And Yahoo! If in a Yahoo. world where horse apples didn't exist, this would be the best parody <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of Hee Haw. And there's maybe like two hours worth of, worth of horse apples, I think, on, on that DVD. Oh, my God. Wonder Show's in. Watch it. Season two, especially with the horse apples. Horse apples. All your favorite alt comedians playing hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching the deep breath joke zoom montage yes, on YouTube. It is hypnotic. Beautiful. It is hypnotic. It kind of makes Bob? me nauseous yeah, after a while. Just all yeah. the zoom ins. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, that has been our uh, exploration of uh, Wonder Shows, I guess, and The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously. And wow, Wonder I, Shows would have been a much better show to do this with. Yes, we'd have done. We'd be done in sixteen episodes. God, it's so, so few. Uh, I've been your host, Bob Mackey, stammering for no reason. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about Lurley Lumpkin. I'm so. Oh, she's great. And you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also host the classic gaming podcast Retronauts. You can find that at retronauts.com or usgamer.net every Monday. And I also write for somethingawful.com. Uh, guys, where can we find you? And what do you do? Well, first I want to. Uh, uh, say, Bob, I really do love your something awful stuff. Especially. Oh, thank you. I, one of my favorite visual gags you did recently was a parody of people refusing to review Ghostbusters, and you you took the Ghostbusters logo and then put uh, the circle cross over that logo oh, thank you. to say no to uh, Ghostbusters. It was so brilliant. Behind the scenes, I, I thought of that joke, and I had to write an article to justify it. <laughs> That's how, that that's how comedy works. It happens yeah. to me all the time. That's how uh, comedy works. But hey, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. I don't have a podcast to say that on anymore, so I'll say it here. Uh, I write for fandom.wikia.com. You'll find my thoughts on comics, movies, video games, all that stuff on there professionally. But I'm still part of the Laser Time family, appearing on podcasts like this or Laser Time. And I also want to say that this is created by patreon.com slash laser time the support on patreon made this and all the other podcasts on laser time possible and you can find the first season of talking simpsons right there 
patreon.com slash laser time. You scroll through the recent post, you will see Blacksmithers welcoming you to season one. Welcome to all the new content, sir. <laughs> and Chris, uh, did you do your spiel? Uh, no, but laser time, I'm so tired. I, I, what, a, what, a, what a great show The Simpsons is. I should go to bed. You've been hard at work in the content minds. Yeah. Yes. So well, thanks for listening. Oh, 30, oh, 20, 10. 30, 20, 30, 10. 30, 20, 10. Yes. Is I'm putting a, great... a cap on six podcasts today. I, <laughs> oh, boy. I, I think of 30, 20, 10 is a sister podcast to this. It has similar nostalgia over 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and where we did talk a lot about Wonder Shows in a few episodes ago. Give a listen to that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the return of Sideshow Bob. infotainment.